I began teaching in 2001, fresh out of tap here at Faith Builders, and I always loved reading as a child. I did a lot of reading. And I heard from different people about how children love flannel graph. And so two years later, I took the plunge and bought a big flannel graph set and began using it with my class, and they loved it. Now, of course, it was a fair amount of work for the teacher to get it all ready, but they really liked it. And one of the things that the lady told me when I bought it is that you need to spend time reading the story out loud to yourself. So that's a big part of teaching with flannel graph, or learning to tell stories, is just to talk through the story out loud to yourself. She said you need to do it five or ten times. And so at the beginning, I, I did that. I read it a good five times out loud to myself, besides reading it in the Bible so you know what actually happened, which is important. So you know what is truth and what is not truth, and what is added on to make it interesting. What may have been truth, but we don't know for sure. So some of the benefits for telling stories is that you can make it fit to your audience if you see that the children are getting a little bored, by then you can speed up or you can add something a little more interesting or something that brings it down to their level, throw in a question or something for them. You can also use familiar words. If you have first and second grade, some of the Bible story books use big words that they don't understand. So, you can, so if you tell the story, you can break it down with words they understand. For older students, you can always add in interesting facts about geography or customs from that time point and make it interesting if you tell the story. An important part of the flannel graph story is getting it ready ahead of time. Now, the other thing important is to get your figures all in order so that you're not fuffling, fumbling around trying to find the right one at the right time. And placing them face side down so the children aren't craning to look what's coming next. <laughs> so just a few little pointers. Our story begins with a lady that was very sad. She was a lady whose husband had died. Now her husband had loved the Lord and had wanted to do what was right, but they were not a very rich family. They were a poor family. And her husband had had to borrow money. Now the Bible doesn't tell us why he had to borrow money. Did someone get sick and he needed to borrow money to pay for the doctor? Or did they need new clothes or shoes and didn't have enough money? The Bible doesn't tell us why he had borrowed money, but he had borrowed money from someone and then he died. And there again, we don't know why he died, if it was an accident or something. But this lady was very distressed because she had two boys, it was her and her two boys at home, and the husband had died, but the man that had, she had borrowed money from had come to her and said, we, you need to pay back the money. And she looked around her house, she had no money to pay him back. And so the man said, if you don't pay back the money, we're going to have to take, I'm going to have to take your boys and they're going to be my slaves. Now, we don't see slaves nowadays. In the United States, it's against the law to have a slave. You're not allowed to have a slave. But back in the Bible times, people did have slaves. And the thing about slaves was they had to work without any pay. As if Carlin would have to go and work for someone else, whatever he told him to do, no pay for you. And if you don't work hard enough, I might beat you. And I'll only give you bread if you don't maybe do very well. They, so they could treat the slave kind of mean if the, if the master wanted to. So can you imagine if someone would come and say, okay, Carlin and Adrian, you have to come and work for us now because your mom doesn't have enough money to pay. That was a terrible thing. Of course this lady was sad. She was very sad about that. But she knew where to go to get some help. She went to Prophet Elisha's house, and she told him the problem. She said, Prophet Elisha, there's a man that 
my husband owed money to, and now we owe money to, and my husband's not living anymore, and he wants to take my two sons as slaves to pay for the money because we don't have the money. And that would be terrible. And of course, Prophet Elisha felt sorry for the lady. And he said, well, what do you have in your house? Do you have anything you can pay back to the man? She said, the only thing I have in my house is one jug of oil. We are just like out of food. We don't have extra clothes. We, are, we have nothing. And so Prophet Elisha said, tell you what, you go home, you get your sons to borrow pots from the neighbors, pots and jugs, and fill those pots and jugs with oil. How was she going to fill pots and jugs with oil when she had only one jug of oil? Hmm. But the lady obeyed. She obeyed what Prophet Elisha said. She went back to her house where she was with her boys and had her one jug of oil. And she called her sons and she told them what Prophet Elisha had told her. She said, go out to the neighbors and borrow jugs and things from the neighbors and bring them here. So they did. They went out and borrowed jugs. They borrowed tall jugs and short jugs. They borrowed yellow jugs and green jugs. All kinds of jugs, jugs and jugs. So they borrowed all those jugs. And when they had gotten a whole bunch from the neighbors, they closed the door in the house as Prophet Elisha had said. And their mother took the, the one jug of oil that they had and she began to pour oil into the jugs. She told them to bring jugs, so she filled that one with oil and they set it over to the side. She filled the next one with oil and they set it over to the side. And the next one with oil and set it over to the side. And the next one. How could she do that out of one jug of oil? Do you want to give me any ideas? How could she do that? How could she, Carla? Well, um, did the Lord provide more oil in there? That's right. The Lord made that jug keep on having oil and oil and oil. And so they filled all of these. They filled all of these jugs with oil until at last they were, the mother said, bring me another jug. And there were no more jugs. They were all full of oil. All that oil from one pot of oil. So the mother said, wow. What are we going to do now? So she quickly went back to Prophet Elisha and said, Prophet Elisha, what shall we do now? And Prophet Elisha said, take all that oil to the market and sell it. And then you will have plenty of money. Now their markets back then were different than ours. We mostly go to Walmart or the grocery store if we want oil. Back then they had sort of like a farmer's market or maybe sort of like a yard sale where everyone brought their things they had to sell. So the mom and the boys took all their jugs of oil to the market and people would bring their jugs of oil and they would pour out of their jugs into the people's jugs and they would buy it from them and take the, the oil home. And they sold all that oil and they had a pile of money. And so when the man came and knocked on the door and said, I'm coming for my slaves, then the mom said, here's your money. You don't, can't take them for slaves after all. Do you think the man was surprised? <laughs> I think too he was surprised. And not only that, they had plenty of money left over. They had plenty of money to buy. Maybe they bought some chairs. Maybe they bought some new clothes. Plenty of money to have a good supper. Plenty of money to live on until the boys were old enough to work and help with getting more 
money for them. So God took care of them. And that is our story today. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of assessment like I might do in school. So you can pretend it's in school. And I'm going to ask you a question, and you can just answer the question. Any of you in the front row or any of you in the back row? So, no, you can just shout it out. So what did God give the woman to sell and save her boys from slavery? Oil. Oil, yes. How many boys did the woman have? Two. Two, that's right. So very simple questions like that, you can always have your class just respond. Sometimes in class we do a turn and tell. That means the person you're sitting beside, you're going to turn and talk together. So you two can talk together, and you two can talk together. So think about, and this is maybe more a thinking question, something that's open-ended. If you had been the boys, how would have you felt at the beginning of the story? When you knew you might be sold as a slave, or you probably would be. Think about how you would have felt. And now you can turn and talk to your partner, and the rest of you can turn and talk as well if you'd like to. Okay, and some of these questions are dependent on time, if you have time to explore some of those things with the children. Sometimes you may want to add personal applications like, has God ever helped you like he did this widow and her son? Have you ever asked God for something and he helped you? So, and you can give some of your own personal examples. Like, many times I have prayed and said, God, what do you want me to do next? Like, there's ten things I could do. What's the next thing to do? And God brings that to mind. This is a story with Bible picture cards. And we use these stories a lot at school. These are from Abeka. And um, we just, we have the whole set through the Bible. And they're beautiful pictures and help with telling stories to children. Just gives them a good visual and just a fun way. So we're going to tell story, another story about Elisha. This is about another lady that he helped, or another family. Now, it went, in Elisha's day, he did a lot of traveling from town to town. And sometimes when he was in between places, he would stop at somebody's house for the night. And there was a lady's house that he stopped at quite frequently. She lived in the town of Shunem. And we don't even know what the lady's story's name was, kind of like the lady in the other story. We don't know what her name was. But she lived in the town of Shunem. She lived there with her husband. And Elisha stopped there whenever he passed by. And she would give him supper and a bed to sleep in. One day she got to thinking, you know what? It would be really nice for Prophet Elisha if he had his own bedroom. Maybe he just was sleeping in the kitchen or in the living room. He didn't have his own room. She said, it would be really nice if Prophet Elisha could have his own bedroom. I wonder if we could build a room onto our house. Now, if you add an addition on your house, usually you add it on the side, right? But in those days, their roofs were flat. And so sometimes they just build a room on top of their house. And that's what they did for Prophet Elisha. You can see here, they're starting to build the room for Prophet Elisha here on top of the house. So they began to build that room up there on the top of the house. And there they're building it. The next time when Prophet Elisha came, it was all finished. What a surprise. A nice room for him up there on the top of the house. Usually, with Prophet Elisha traveled his helper, whose name was Gehazi. And so they both could stay up there in that room on the top of the house. In that room, they had put a table and a chair and a bed, of course, a little lamp, and just things to make it nice and comfortable for them. Prophet Elisha laid down on the bed and he thought, hmm, this lady has been so kind to me. I wonder what I can do to show, to be kind back to her. 
And so he told her to come. He told Gehazi to get her and ask her to come. And she came and he said, Lady, you have been so kind to me. Can I say a good word to you for the king? So that the king could maybe not take so many taxes or maybe so your husband wouldn't have to work in the army. And she said, I live in my own country. That, that wouldn't really help me anything. So Elisha and Gehazi were trying to think, what could they do for this lady? And Gehazi said, you know what? That lady doesn't have any children. I bet she would like a, a child. Do you think she would? Yes. And in those days, especially, every lady, it was kind of shameful if you didn't have children. Every lady wanted children. Yes, Adrian? Oh, I know the story. You know the story? Yes. So did she have a, a child? You're right, you're right. So Prophet Elisha said, when I come here next year, when I stop in at your house, you're going to have a son. God's going to give you a son. And she said, oh, please don't tease me. I really want to have a child, but it's kind of hard to hope for that. And Prophet Elisha said, I'm not teasing you. That's going to be true. And sure enough, the next year when they came, that lady had a little baby. How exciting. And the little boy grew and grew. And when he was, I don't know how old he was, maybe Carlin's age, maybe Adrian and Brendan's age. Don't know how old he was. He loved to do things with his daddy, and he wanted to go with his daddy out to the field to help cut grain. And so he went with his daddy out in the field. Now it happened to be a very hot summer day. And he got warmer and warmer and warmer. <sighs> and suddenly he said, oh, my head, my head really hurts. And he was getting sick. So his daddy said to the servants, please take him back home. He shouldn't be out here in the hot sun if he's feeling sick. So the servants took him back home to his mom. And his mom tried to help him feel cooler and feel better. But it didn't work. As he lay there on the bed, he stopped saying, my head, my head. He stopped saying anything at all. And after that, the mom noticed he wasn't breathing anymore. The little boy had died. She felt terrible. Here was this son that Elisha had said she would have. But she knew what to do. She said, I'm going to go get Elisha. I'm going to go tell him. So she called for a servant to go with her to ride over to talk to Prophet Elisha. And they hurried over down the road to Prophet Elisha's where he stayed. And when they got there, Prophet Elisha's servant, Gehazi, came out and said, What's the trouble? And the lady said, Oh, nothing. But she didn't go away. She said, I want to talk to Prophet Elisha. So she kept on asking until Prophet Elisha came out to talk with her. A whole row of pictures here. And when she saw Prophet Elisha, she bowed down and talked to him and said, Elisha, didn't you say that I would have a son? And Prophet Elisha said, well, yes, I did. You have a son, right? And then she told him what had happened. And Prophet Elisha said to Gehazi, go quickly, take my rod and put it on top of the little boy. And so Gehazi hurried to go do it. But the lady said, I won't go back home unless you go with me. And so Prophet Elisha said, okay, I'll go with you. So he and the lady started back home. And when they got there, sure enough, the little boy was lying on the bed. She had put him up in the bed in Prophet Elisha's bedroom, and he wasn't breathing. And when Gehazi had put his staff on him, it didn't make any difference. He didn't start breathing then. 
So Prophet Elisha um, went up there and he shut the door. Just him and the little boy were in the room. And the Bible says he stretched himself on top of the little boy's body. The little boy's body started to get warm again. And Prophet Elisha prayed and prayed and prayed. And after a bit, ka-choo, ka-choo, the little boy sneezed. Does a dead person sneeze? <laughs> no, indeed. Yeah. The little boy became alive again. The Bible says he sneezed seven times. <laughs> and then the prophet Elisha knew God had healed him. He was going to be okay. So he sent for the little boy's mother and said, Come and get your son. Your son is going to be okay. And so the mother came and she was so happy. That that little boy that she had prayed that Prophet Elisha had prayed for was well, and she would he would be okay. So that's our story. Now I'm wondering if any of you are brave enough to tell us something that happened on one of those pictures. Are there one of those pictures that you want to to tell us what happened on the picture? We want to start with the first one. What was happening in the first story? Raise your hand if you want to tell us what was happening in the first one. Hi, Carly. Well, um, there is a. You can just tell us what in a wife. And, yes. and they thought that um, Elisha might like a room to sleep in. Perfect. And so they just built on top of their house. Perfect. Yeah. So they're they're building the room on top of their house. Good. What's happening? What's Prophet Elisha doing in this picture, mm -hmm. Adrian? Getting ready to work on That's right. Helping as well. Very good. Very Did you want to tell us any animals? No? Okay, that's fine. So this is a way you can also assess with the flashcards, even giving each student a card and having them tell about what, what happened in the card. Thank you very much for helping us with that. And Or it can be one picture where the whole class tells, or they turn and tell each other what happened. But it's good to have them all stretched out here so they can see the sequence of the story. So we're going to tell one more Bible story, and it has these different things in the Bible story. Bread and grapes and rocks. I wonder if you can think of a Bible story about bread and grapes and rocks. So, King Ahab lived in a beautiful palace, of course, and he had all sorts of things that he wanted because that's how kings do, especially wicked kings. They get whatever they want, right? But close to his palace, there was a vineyard. But the vineyard did not belong to King Ahab. But King Ahab wished it did belong to him. It would be so handy. It's so close by. I'm going to see if I can buy the vineyard. So he went over to the vineyard and he talked to the man who owned it. The man's name was Naboth. And he said, can I buy your vineyard? I can pay you lots of money. I'm a king. I have lots of money. I can pay you lots of money for it. Or if you want another better vineyard, I can give you a better vineyard instead. And Nabo said, well, really, King Ahab, I don't want to sell it at all or have another vineyard. You see, this vineyard belonged to my daddy and to his daddy and to his daddy and to his daddy and to his daddy. It's been in the family for a long time. And God has said that we shouldn't sell it. We should just keep it in the vineyard, in the family. So I can't sell the vineyard to you. How do you think King Ahab felt? Put your thumb up if you think he felt good. Thumb down if you think he was unhappy. Yeah, I think too. He was very unhappy. In fact, 
He was so unhappy that he went home and he went straight to bed. And he lay there and he pouted. Imagine a king pouting because he couldn't have a vineyard. The Bible says he turned his face to the wall. And when they brought him supper, when they brought him bread and cheese or whatever, you thought about it, what's the other thing? Bread. Bread, perfect. When they brought him supper, he wouldn't even eat any supper. He was so grouchy. Tell you what. Anyway, so he lay there, and his wife came to talk to him. He said, you are a king. Surely you can have whatever you want. Because he told her the story and how Naboth wouldn't sell the vineyard. She said, you're a king. You should be able to have whatever you want. And so she said, I'll help you get it. Do you know what his wife's name was? Erica. Jezebel. You got it, Jezebel. Yes, and she was such a wicked woman. She said, I'll get it for you. So what she did, she wrote letters, and she sent it to the people in the city who were in charge of things. And they, she said, make a fast, an important meeting, and call everyone to the meeting, and then get some wicked men to say untrue things about neighbors. And then go out and kill them. That shows you what kind of wicked people Ahab and Jezebel And that is what happened. They called this important meeting, and then they had some bad guys say bad things about Naboth, that he had said mean things about God and bad things about the king. And the people got all upset, and they took him outside, and they got rocks, and they threw them at Naboth. What else did you hear? Rocks. Rocks, yes. Threw them at Naboth until he was dead. Oh, dear. That was a terrible thing to do. And then Queen Jezebel went home and said, Ahab, Naboth is dead. Now you can have the vineyard. And so Ahab got up. He was happy. He went over to the vineyard and he saw it there. And he's like, now I can have it. This is great. But somebody came and talked to him in the vineyard. Yes. God sent a prophet to talk to him. That's right. Prophet Elijah came and said, King Ahab, because you have been so wicked, God is going to punish you. Because you have been so wicked. You and your wife Jezebel, God is going to punish. Yes, very good. So that's the story that uses all these things, bread and grapes and rocks. Now we're going to talk do one thing with this story, and I'm going to draw a big, huge W. And maybe more of the class can help you with this as well. So we're going to start out with, who was the story about? Carlin. Ahab and Jezebel. Good. And let's, we'll move through this fairly quickly. Where did the story happen? What was the setting? Anyone just shout it out. Israel. Israel. Good. And when did it happen? Maybe that's a little more tricky. We could maybe say when it happened was when Ahab was king. That could be what we could use for when. And what was the problem of the story? Adrian. Um, they killed... Um, yes, neighbors. Yes, what was the problem? And what fixed the problem? Was there something? Was there a solution in the story? Maybe that's a little more tricky. Or we could say another problem was King Ahab wanted Nabo's vineyard. So there's kind of like two problems. Go ahead, Carlin. 
Yeah, that God is going to punish them. God sees everything we do, right? And he punishes them all. And another question at the end could be, why? You could think of different why questions, like, yes? Because it was so close. That's why he wanted the vineyard. Good. Good. Thank you. For more free resources that support teaching and learning, visit the docforlearning.org.